Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brought to you by North Memorial Health, where customers are treated like family. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible, just like your family treats you. Find your health family at northmemorial.com slash family. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. <laughs> It's Purple Daily. I think it's Clint Kubiak. I think it's Kevin Stefanski. I think you know Gary will certainly be there, and, and he's going to have a, a view from you know over top of everything. But at the same time, um, you know I'm going to be dialoguing day to day with Clint and Kevin probably even more. We said it a long time. You know, if, if you run the football well, have it marry with your play action game so that the defense doesn't know what's coming. You can slow down the pass rush. You can. Uh, create some open windows down the field for those explosive plays. You can stay out of third down. So, you know, all those things can, can fit well. Oh, thank you, Kirk Cousins. It's uh, Zolgad, Courtney Cronin, ESPN on Purple Daily today. Manny Hill producing as always. Um, I take it that was from yesterday? Yeah, I asked him about the Kubiak connection and the Shanahan's and all of that and how, you know, when you think of Gary Kubiak, you think of the zone game and he's really, you know, Kirk is good in the boots. He's good at play action. It's supposed to lead to play action. Your outside zone sets up your play action. Yes. And then he went into that. So I know nothing now. You, like that did not help you, me understand how Gary Kubiak's going to bring out the best in Kirk Cousins. Can you do me a favor until week one when you're going to have to ask questions of Kirk? Can you just not ask Kirk any more questions? Not just you. Everybody, because that amount of cliches, my brain almost blows up. Well, Ask him about fumbles again, Courtney. That's what you should do. Ask I see about the fumbles. fumbles. Uh, yeah. What is it? Not not all fumbles are created equal. Yeah, that's that's what his quarterback coach told him know, last year. When, when he I mean, pitches it back to Dalvin and he drops it, <laughs> and Dalvin drops it, that's a different type of fumble yeah. from when the when shotgun snap goes to his right. Exactly. Or if he strip sack from dropping nine and a half yards deep in the pocket when he's supposed to be seven and a half yards. Yes, but there's the, a lot of that. The amount of cliches and the response you got there was very impressive from Kirk Cousins. Yeah, we. I mean. Yes, and I kind of expected that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's day two of the off season. I'm program. not blaming you, and but there, but there was a lot of that. I mean, um, I asked him about the backup quarterback situation, just in how, and just in terms of how that benefits somebody like him. He's incredibly durable. He has 40 plus straight starts. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a franchise who so we finally got to talk to Sean Mannion yesterday. I didn't really get a whole ton out of that, but um, you know, day two of the off season yeah. program. Um, but this franchise knows the importance of having a viable, good backup quarterback. And Kirk kind of, it was it was interesting. He really did offer some insight, not into my question of what I was asking, just about the importance of that battle behind him and the security that gives a quarterback, but just of how 
he's been in that battle before. And just the, the, the fire, you can kind of tell in just what he was saying. He still feels that pressure of like how he has to perform in order to keep his job. I mean, there's no question he's the quarterback of this team. But it was a really interesting answer. Uh, not what I asked, not what I was hoping to get, but I mean, it, it turned into something better, I think, just in terms of hearing kind of the, the reality of his situation and knowing, you know, there's always that person over your shoulder. Seven o'clock tonight. One of the most anticipated Christ, day- Christmas morning, Christmas it, evening. It is. It is. The NFL, it, it's got nothing to do with a game. It's all essentially on paper, mm-hmm. but damn it, it's the schedule release and and the National Football League has perfected this art where it's turned it into a a primetime event and be a primetime event that it tells us one day before we're releasing the schedules so be prepared it's the only thing I think that can stop the world in the sports world stop everything all at once because people want to start looking at you know okay how does their schedule pan out for their certain teams what games do they want to go to for media members we're all trying to book our Marriott's um, it's a big day, I think, for you know league wide because it shows you football's not that far away. It's mm-hmm. kind of like okay, it's a tangible thing. We're getting through the off season step by step. It's not that far away, and then we can start predicting now. Amen, you, Courtney. Cronin. When, when people can, when people ask, okay, how do you think the Vikings are going to do in 2019? Now I have a a tangible thing I can go off of yes. because it's going to depend how their schedule's laid out in order to accurately predict it. Yes, and and knowing the opponents is fine. But until you know when the opponents are going to be played, if there is, let's say, a two- or three-game road trip involved, mm-hmm. right, you really don't know. And so we, we've we got, as far as the day the season comes to an end, you've got the list of teams that they're going mm-hmm. to play, but you can't predict really from there. No. Now, now, the one thing that I did see in, in sitting down with the opponents before I, I did my mock schedule yesterday okay. was the fact that the Vikings' home opponents set up as being not that great. The road opponents are going to be a pain in the butt. Yeah. I mean, and we were talking about this off air. How the schedule's laid out determines the season. From week 12, or excuse me, week 11 through the Seahawks week, I think that was week 15. I mean, that decided the Vikings schedule right there. They were in good position last year going into week, you know, coming into week 10 of the bye. Get that win against Detroit. Kind of end on a high note, yeah. and then things all tumble down. So if they have another stretch like that, and I'm looking at their away games now, obviously the three division opponents, but then New York Giants, at Dallas, at the Chargers, at Kansas City, and at Seattle again. Yeah, that's brutal. If you have two of those on bat, if you have two of those West Coast swings too mm-hmm. within close range, that's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. So and, and the Chiefs game is going to be great fun to watch. Oh, I'm so I've never been to Arrowhead. I'm oh, you've so, never been there? No, I didn't like, go the year that I covered the Raiders. It's like I did a not college go. game. I'm so excited. I heard it's loud. I love barbecue. I'm just really looking forward to getting Kansas City. Yes, for that. It, it's fun. I, I would say the two stadiums that are most like college. Stadiums and and by college I, I mean SEC so mm-hmm. it, it's not like uh, a Gophers game. <laughs> Green Bay, Lambeau, and Kansas City. Kansas City is a fun place, but that that Mahomes Reed v Zim's defense is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Oh, I'm excited about that. That to me is the marquee game of all of the road games road games this year. That and probably Chicago because I'm very excited to see. Can they maintain? I think the ESPN put out their over-unders for wins because obviously with the schedule coming out, it makes sense to project. And I think they're projected at like 9.3. I think Mike Clay, our fantasy expert, took the under on that. On Chicago? Yeah. I mean, that makes some sense. They, they're the best team that. in this division. Yeah. Um, they 
kind of stayed the same outside of losing Bryce Callahan and Adrian Amos this offseason and losing Vic Fangio. But on paper, there's a lot there that I, I'm, I'm curious to see if they can contend and stay as as ahead of everybody else in the NFC North. And that, to me, is going to be a good measuring stick for the Vikings. It's just going to be a matter of when that game falls. They don't play well at Soldier Field. They certainly don't play there in the well there in the cold, mm-hmm. which we learned and which you know we didn't get to see uh, in the wild card game, which was expected. But that, to me... <laughs> that was a nice shot at our Vikings. That, to me, with, with Seattle, Kansas City, and Chicago, those are the three marquee road games that I'm curious to see how those fall. Can we please just have one thing? Can we please not have the Vikings close against the Bears at U.S. Bank Stadium so for a fourth? Of that. So am I. I'm just bored of that. Three like, years in a row of that, right? Yes. Yeah. But I, I'm and, with and even before that, it hasn't. It's even dating back like years and years. Oh yeah. It's well, always been. Ticey's last game, right? When he got yeah. he got fired 05. right after the game. Oh five. That last game was. But against why the Bears. three consecutive years? I don't know. Make it the Packers. Yeah, I take that. It doesn't even have to be a division opponent for me. But it does. I I think it does right now. I I think the league purposely does that week 17. The week 17, yes. But if I'm talking, if I'm creating the schedule, I don't don't necessarily have to have it there. I'd love to see a division opponent on Thanksgiving. I love the Detroit Vikings thing on Thanksgiving, but I think I saw something leaked where that might be Philadelphia on the end of the, I guess, in the back-to-back that evening. We talked about that yesterday, right? Yeah, It it might be Philadelphia coming here. The Strip picked this up two months back, and you might have written it at the time, too. I forget now. But um, there was a podcast where somebody said they had seen a rough draft of the schedule, and it was Vikings hosting Philadelphia Thanksgiving night, night, which actually makes a ton of sense, which, by the way, big fan of. Mm-hmm. I love the Thanksgiving night game. Big, oh, it's Thanksgiving Day. Night games are fantastic. Mm-hmm. You eat a lot of turkey, and then you're like, see, you got to go. Bye. Exactly. Got to go to work. Do we know who the Cowboys <laughs> are going to play yet on Thanksgiving? Uh, we think it's going to be the Lions Bears, right? Yes, and yeah. my my guess is it would be um, put together somebody against Dallas that would be a historic Thanksgiving Day type matchup because the the league for the 100th anniversary seems to be going after this in a big way because it's going to be could be Redskins then. I was going to say it might be Washington. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one because they played each other a few times on Thanksgiving the last probably seven eight years. Mm-hmm. It's been a few times, but Philadelphia, give me Philadelphia here Thanksgiving night. And then you're off for what, like eight days after? Yeah, that? it's um, yeah, you get the whole weekend. Yes, I love the Thanksgiving game two years ago when it was uh, Vikings at Detroit. So I'm all for it. I think that that's going to be, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what Philly does this year. That one, I mean, has its own kind of narrative written into it. I'm looking at some of the other opponents. The Washington game, you can already write your Kirk Cousins revenge. Would you call it a Kirk Cousins revenge game, even though they're coming here? I'm thinking it's a prime time game. Yeah, I think Aren't so, you? too. It might be a Case Keenum revenge That's, game. Yeah, Case well, Keenum yeah. revenge game. Keenum, Keenum versus Cousins. Cousins against the team that franchised him but never mm-hmm. believed in him completely. Uh, that's got Monday night game to me. I'm curious about how their primetime schedule is going to work. Because last year they had a lot of primetime games. They had week four was the first one. That was the Los Angeles Thursday night game. Yep. Uh, beyond that, they had the Seattle was Monday night. Uh, Patriots was America, America's game of the week. Sunday night football was against Chicago because Chicago was good. Remember, Kirk's like, oh, they did it because of us. And they were in, yeah, these in the know. huddle and yelling and all that. Well, then the next week he's like, well, they were a really good team. That's why they got flexed. <laughs> and um, no, I, I wonder, you know, I look at this schedule and I'm like, I'm seeing a lot of 12 o'clock central kickoffs just because of where the Vikings could potentially be. And that's kind of the skeptic way of looking at it, just seeing – how difficult this away schedule is. Yep. And 
those first, I mean, the first few weeks and how well they do up until the games start are able to start getting flex is going to determine how many games they have in prime time. In the, I mean, mo- in the mock schedule that I did on, on the Mackie and Judd with Rami show yesterday, I will tell you because I okay. tried to predict prime time games. Um, I gave them, if, if they don't open against Kansas City in week one, I gave that probably a Monday night, if not Sunday night game. Because the Zimmer-Mahomes matchup mm-hmm. is just fantastic. Um, I predicted that Washington would probably be a Monday night game. I predicted Green Bay here would probably be a Sunday night game. Rodgers and it was the whole, last year. whole redemption thing. And mm-hmm. and I think that was it. So that's three. I'm with, I'm with you. I think that this, this team right now with the uncertainty... And they're not really that sexy, right? No. Like, there's nothing about them now. The Cousins contract a year ago was, but they're not really a sexy team now. So I think you're right. I think they are a big time, and I'm not complaining because I love it, noon Sunday team. Sure. And I think tonight when the schedule comes out, you'll probably see three, maybe four games that are obviously outside of the Thursday night, Monday night that they're guaranteed. And they guaranteed a Sunday night game. No, I think you're guaranteed. I think you're guaranteed prime time prime games. Time. Okay. Oh, and and then Thursday night. Thursday night. Obviously, I didn't say that one. What was your the Thursday Philadelphia night? Philadelphia game. Okay, so that's the Thanksgiving game. So I would expect to see three, maybe four tonight. Um, I honestly, just because of the way that this this team looks right now on paper, um, and because I don't want to get too ahead of myself, I just don't think there's going to be many more prime time games. I don't know how many times they're going to get flexed this year. Yeah. And yes, it's early to be saying that, but. I don't typically, when I predict a schedule, unless there's a massive roster move like getting Khalil Mack on cut down day, I don't really deviate from my prediction that much. Last year, whatever day this was last year, I predicted 10 and 6, and I stayed with that the entire time. I think I did too, yeah. And And in a rare occurrence, guys, the Vikings do not have the Arizona Cardinals on the schedule this year. They play them in preseason, I think, week three of the preseason, but they do not have the Cardinals on the regular season schedule, which is really rare because it seems like every year they're playing the Cardinals. It it seems like... They're either playing the Cardinals on a yearly basis or the Seahawks. Yeah. And, and of course, they not only have the Seahawks get on their schedule for mm-hmm. this year, but they have to go to Seattle again. Again. And I mean, that's because they drew, what was that, second place NFC West finisher? Okay, yeah. So that makes sense. Okay. And uh, that's such a hard place to play to begin with. And given what happened last year there, that's going to have a lot of different storylines around that game. Um, and. I mean, they could have. That was the last chance that they had to kind of right the ship of the season. Yes, week fifteen. Well, that, between that game and the Patriots game, yeah, they underwhelmed me to no end. It, because both those games were there. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not like they went to uh, Foxborough and Seattle and got buried. And you're like, oh, they're really not good. They just went there and and they didn't not show up. That's not fair. But, man, did they look pathetic offensively. Oh, my gosh. Well, that Seattle game up until, what, the fourth quarter, they were getting shut out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that game felt within reach. That was yeah. a low-scoring game. It was 6 nothing, yeah. I think, in, in, in the fourth quarter. And then a couple of plays by Seattle, and then it ended up being, what, 21-6 to or something like that? Mm-hmm. I think, in fairness, those two games, um, and probably Seattle especially, colored how I feel about Cousins right now. Like in in watching those two games, because those are the type of games that if you dip in as a non-Vikings fan and you're just a league fan, you're like, oh, he didn't look great. Okay, I'm going to change the channel. But if you watch that team every week, those games are like the games where you say to yourself, you got to show up. Like you have to show up. Well, it's the primetime narrative, right? Everybody talks about Kirk Cousins can't perform in primetime. And yeah, the one time he bucked the trend was against a really bad Packers team that had already mailed it in. Wouldn't Rogers got benched like two games later, something like that, just because of his health and everything? Like, yep. 
if you look at those games and you look at the uh, the interception that he threw at the end of the first half in Chicago, and then you look at Seattle and the backwards pass when Adam Thielen's wide open 20 yards downfield, Latavius Murray is two yards behind him. Yeah. That's, I think, the lasting impression and the taste that people have in their mouth of this Vikings team. And so the primetime narrative comes into play is, can Kirk Cousins lead this team beyond what he did last year? Can he overcome that 8-7-1 and one hump? Um that's going to be really interesting because if, if they get any of these, especially these away games in prime time and, and in tough environments like you know Kansas City, Seattle, Chicago, um, even Dallas. I mean, Dallas is not an easy place to play. No, they're they're yeah. good. They really they loaded up this offseason. And, you know, obviously, um, you know, during the season two, getting Amari Cooper, things like that. So I look at this and I. I think this is going to be a very telling sign of how the league feels about the Vikings of just which games are put into prime time and when they are. What's your confidence right now to in, in a team that certainly has brought in guys back, but has not really added on much mm-hmm. and, and offensively. And we, we've talked about this on these shows a lot, but I've not heard your response to it about a feeling that an assistant coach, basically an offensive assistant coach can morph things to the point where this offense takes a big step forward without necessarily adding personnel to it. I think Gary Kubiak is going to help. I, you don't bring somebody like that in and not give them more power and more control of this offense than you know what's publicly perceived out there is that Kevin Stefanski is going to call plays. Gary Kubiak is going to be up in the booth. He's going to kind of have the overhead view of everything. I do believe that's the structure, but I think his philosophy and just in hearing what Mike Zimmer says about some of the offseason meetings and how they're really reshaping and rebuilding this offense, he has a huge influence on it. And you can't negate the, the Super Bowl pedigree. I mean, the guy is one. The guy is taking running backs with no names to them. You know, Arian Foster, C.J. Anderson. Uh, Terrell Davis. I mean, he's taken guys, and, and Mike Zimmer wants to run the ball. So he found the guy who can take no-name running backs, take offensive linemen who are found in the sixth round and on the street, and create this incredible scheme to where a team's effective. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, to me, gives me confidence in, in my confidence index that the offense is going to be able to change and morph what it does schematically. Can they carry that out? I don't think Kirk Cousins has enough weapons around him. I think that that's something that they have to address. And my confidence in Cousins, I just don't know yet. I mean, you can't take much from yesterday's press conference, just hearing him talk. I mean, there's there's very little substance there as far as, okay, is things are things going to be better? Right. But until we see how Cousins is in OTAs and in going into training camp and, and going into the preseason – I don't know if you're really going to be able to gauge just yet. I mean, I still have my I have my trepidation on it because I don't we have enough sample size. We have seven years of sample size or really, you know, four or five as a starter. Right. Like so he's going into his eighth season. Yep. Um, I don't know how much more you're going to get past that. I think kind of like, you know, zebra doesn't change its stripes. And I just don't know how much different it's going to look with Kirk Cousins still at quarterback, regardless of the system change at all. But I do think the play-action game will be better. I think that the running game will be better. I think that there's going to be more movement, um, a bigger focus on second-level play. So that could help. I mean, it's it's all putting the pieces around Kirk Cousins in terms of the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. But the personnel, you're right, hasn't changed. This might not be fair, but to, you know, no, no matter how he does in OTAs or uh, training camp, preseason games, e- even early season games that aren't as pressurized, how much does there just have to be a simple concern that, 
there is a point with him where the spotlight might get too bright. Like I, I can't, I just can't get past the fact that the end of the schedule, Courtney, that you went through, mm-hmm. which featured all of these games where you're like, this is why we pay you. The Rams, yeah. the Rams game in Week Four was really a nice game. Now, not by the defense, but it was sure. by him. And until that's, until that final drive, yeah. And that's that's awesome that that in Week Two at at Green Bay he put up big stats as well. But how much does there just need to be a simple concern that there gets to be a point where it just gets to be too much? Because with a quarterback, if that's the case, yeah, you're... I don't know what the answer is. The answer is a short-term contract and that you can get out of it soon. Good point. That you can go through this season, deal with it, and you just let him just let him go after year three. And then he hits the market again as a free agent. Um, That concern's already there. That concern is not going away until he finally can buck that trend. Like Matthew Collar and I talk about this. I think we've talked about it on the show several times. The one moment I can think of is, okay, that's why you paid him $84 million is that comeback in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Where else? I mean, the, you should steamroll the Jets. You should steamroll the Lions. You should steamroll a bad Green Bay team when everybody's hurt and, and Aaron Rodgers is hurt. You should do those things. That didn't teach us anything. So I think the roller coaster ride that this team went on last year was just kind of false sense of security of, okay, like they were able to, you know, 37 points on the road to the Jets. Was that, you know, a real fair 37 points after they went, what, zero for like 11 on third down to start that game? Right. It's it's just I think it's a tough thing to um, to swallow if you are management and if you are the coaches knowing, OK, is this the best is can you get any better here with Kirk Cousins? And especially in some of these marquee primetime games where you're on the national stage and you can kind of write your own narrative there. I don't know how much more that's going to change. TCL Broadcast Studios. Let's take a break. Come back after this Purple Daily Zolgad and Cronin. You're listening to Purple Daily on Score. Shows, uh, you know what what type of organization this is. Um, they're not here to to lowball people. They're not here to um, you know take advantage of people. They want to you know reward the people that that help this football team win games. And they want to ultimately they want to win games. And uh, I guess that's probably one of the biggest reasons why I want to be here for a long time is because I want to win games. Adam Thielen talking about his contract extension. The show from the TCL Broadcast Studios is Purple Daily. Uh, Zolgad, Courtney Cronin, ESPN.com is where you can find her outstanding work on the Vikings and Manny Hill. And Manny, if you would be so kind as to fire up the breaking news tune for us, Courtney is going to give us some breaking news regarding the Vikings schedule. Oh, okay. Can you, can you I find? Need to, uh, I need to I'll give you a second. I, I should have forewarned you, but I forgot. That's all right. Okay. Uh, Might actually have some other ones too. But we got to make this. Of, oh, multiple breaking news! The league is not going to be pleased that this is. Getting oh no! Out. It's just it's just one. So okay. we can wait. Okay. Here, here we go. I uh, no? don't have the right. Hang on. Ah, uh, okay. I think this one will work. This one will work. All right. It's not the usual one, but we'll. Work. All right, Courtney Cronin. Let's go over to you <laughs> at the schedule desk. What is the <laughs> what is the breaking news regarding the Viking schedule? During the break, we found out via NJ.com, that is New, New Jersey.com, I think, not North Jersey or whatever somebody just tweeted out. Uh, they reported <laughs> that the Vikings will face the Giants at MetLife Stadium in week five. That is a 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Okay. So the good thing we know here is that if this does stick, no week five bye for the Vikings, which you and I both agree is way too early. Yes. Yeah. I My preference is that you do not have a bye if you're a fan of a team before week eight. I'll take it starting week eight, but and 
and on is fine. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Week five is way too early, so that's good news for the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't break the schedule up nicely. You need, teams need a little bit of a break in there. Think about what happened for the Vikings last year. They yep. go and, you know, the bottom falls out of the defense in week four, Thursday night primetime game. Then they have 11 or so days. They had that whole weekend to fix things. That's where Mike Zimmer said, you know, he just kind of, went back to the drawing board and realized they were overextending, overcomplicating things. Um, And that's how they mitigated some of the issues they had on defense. You need those schedule breaks. Like if they had a Thursday night game somewhere in the week four to week six or seven range, and then you had your bye week 10 or even week 11, I think you're in good shape. Adam Thielen's contract extension. I need a little bit of help here. Okay. Because the one thing that I thought for sure when the news broke on Friday was that there would be some salary cap relief for the 2019 season for the Vikings. There is basically not. Um, I believe the contract extension is a good idea. Like, he was being grossly underpaid, and I think I could have made a case that he would have had as good a guy as he might seem. There would have been a compelling case for him not to show up for training camp if he didn't get a new contract. It might have been highly irresponsible for him to play under the terms of the previous contract. All of that being said... As you talk to people at TCO Performance Center yesterday, do you see any philosophy here of what the he- what the hell they might do <laughs> from a cap standpoint? I mean, yeah. I keep coming back to to Kyle's contract, I but know. but you know, beyond that, is there something I'm missing here? Well, you're right. They are in salary cap hell. They've been in salary cap hell this entire time. Um, I want to pull up a tweet from Mike Sando that I saw last night that kind of it made me think because. The salary cap really is, I feel like there's a myth around it. You know, you go and get good players and you're able to make it work. You just keep pushing the money. It's like, it's like monopoly money. Like you just keep pushing it down the line. It's like playing the stock market. Does it really exist right now? No. And since there's no guaranteed contracts, they don't have to worry about it. Um, unless it's guaranteed money, unless it's signing bonuses, unless it's anything guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So what Sando said, he said, the Vikings paid Cousins and re-signed all their guys. The Packers paid Rodgers and were the first in line to pay uh, free agent pass rushers. Finding cap room usually is not the problem. Finding really good players usually is the problem. The cap is overrated. I completely agree with that. Because the Vikings are either operating in a completely alternate universe or they're abiding by this principle. It really is overrated. Yeah, they have above $2 million right now in cap space. They have to pay their draft class. How the heck they're going to do it I get, yes. um, is wizardry. That's why That's why Rob Brzezinski probably gets paid very nice money to do what he does. Yes. Um, and obviously his staff and working you know these contracts the way that they have. But there still needs to be something done. You can't just pull this money out of thin air. You can't borrow from next year. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when when we were when I was on Purple Daily with you yesterday, we were talking about is Kyle Rudolph the answer here? And I went ahead and asked him um, just to see if anything really changed from that Sunday before the tampering period opened. Brian Murphy, his agent, puts out the statement because there had been so much speculation about Kyle's uh, specific situation this off season. Murphy says the Vikings have not approached him, like blah, blah, blah. Like that's just kind of squashing the rumor. Kyle Rudolph via Andrew Kramer of the Star Tribune back then said, if, I'd be stupid not to take a pay cut. It, it, you know, you want to stay here. You, you want to be a Viking for life. I mean, he feels like he has so much left to prove. He said then, that was a month ago. I asked him yesterday, same exact answer that he will, he's willing to help the salary cap situation however he can. If it means going out to get more players because he'll take a lower hit, um, 
cap hit this year and you know you can finagle that you can get a bigger you can rip up the, the what it is I mean he's obviously a free agent after this year you could get two more years onto his deal negotiate that give him a signing bonus you can give him money up front that's not the issue mm-hmm. it's just a matter of what the contract looks like and what the years look like beyond um, 2019 because their cap is a mess in 2020 but you know he said that nobody has reached out to to his knowledge these Vikings have still not reached out to his agent, but he's open to it. So it just, it seems like the most logical thing that something like that would happen to create space or a trade. And the trade would come on draft night, in my opinion. Okay. Let's say th- that they open door two and it's a trade. What would it be? Who would it be? Would it be Kyle to the Patriots? Would it be, I, I don't see... I, I read your story a couple of days ago about cornerbacks. Yeah, I don't see. I don't now, see Trey Wayne's. I can't. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't. I can't find the way that that happens given all the uncertainty. And that's the thing that kind of drives yeah. me nuts when you have draft experts out there saying, "Oh, cornerbacks not a need. Cornerbacks not a need for this team. They drafted so many corners. Well, it actually is a need because Holton Hill suspended. Mike Hughes is is TBA, and you don't. You know, you have two guys with contract situations that are. Tricky beyond this year with Mackenzie Alexander and Trey Waynes, both free agents. Their value, I would say, Trey is probably highest. And then you have uh, Xavier Rhodes. You don't can, do you know for a fact that he's going to get back to 2019 form? Do you know that it's not injuries that are going to cause Zimmer him? Zimmer told you he's going to do it. He said he's going to do it, and he said that it was more of a technique issue. He really didn't want to harp on the injuries at all. But the fact is, the injuries kept Rhodes out yeah. several several important series this season and and made him miss time. So you just don't know. So I don't think it could potentially be Trey Waynes unless unless they go and draft a corner somewhere else and they're like, okay, we're going to get this guy in here. We we know we're just not putting it out publicly what Mike Hughes' timeline is, which could very easily be the case. But Or they draft a tight end early. Or you draft a tight end early. I don't know if you're going to get TJ Hawkinson or Noah Fant unless you go the first round, right. but... Um, that is a possibility, but that still doesn't solve your problem. You need a number two tight end. Like, let's not get rid of one just to bring in his replacement. Um, unless you can honestly, unless you, but you're giving up at that point. If you're trying to find the athletic F tight end, the basically third wide receiver that's going to be your tight end, mm-hmm. then you're you're Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. You're you're foregoing drafting an offensive lineman to get that guy because you have to get that guy in round one. So to Sandals' point, here's my comeback because his tweet is right. Mm-hmm. His tweet is he, he's a very smart football guy, and his tweet is right. Here's why the Vikings' current uh, dilemma situation with the salary cap surprises me. Rob Brzezinski was hired in 1999 Nine. to turn around a team that was in salary cap hell. Like they had paid all of these p- players who had been great f- for them, basically because they had been great, and so now they were in salary cap hell. And and the Vikings. In, in the time that I've covered them, you two, for the most part, salary cap-wise, have been very good. Very good. Now, they've never had a quarterback being paid like they have one being paid now. But all of that being said, what surprises me about being this up against the cap is that for this team, this is a rarity. And I'm just surprised that they wouldn't have made moves to say, okay, if Barr's coming back, that's fine, and we'll pay him, but then something has to give. Nothing's given so far. No. And that's what surprises me, because this team does not, I, I know for a fact, this team does not like to operate like this. 
Like, this does not make them comfortable. And Brzezinski's very good because he knows how not to. And clearly he's being told, make it work, make it work, make it work. But at some point in time, he's got to go back to Rick and Mike and the Wilfs and say, okay, boys, we've reached a breaking point. This isn't going to work. Something has to give. Which is why I thought with Adam Thielen, the most logical thing that made sense, go ahead and give him the extension. I mean, he didn't have any leverage. I love Adam. I think he's a fantastic wide receiver. He makes this team go. He is a centerpiece of this offense. He had no leverage to get this. I mean, outside of the fact that he played, he's outplayed his deal. That's fine. But you signed the deal that you signed in 2017 yeah. in March. That is that unless, is the bottom line here. Unless you threaten to hold out. Blake Barrett said on this show that it was not like Adam. That's not his character because we were talking about Le'Veon Bell. We were talking about the Antonio Brown situation, both Matthew Collar and I, and kind of alluded to right there that Adam wasn't going to hold out. And I think that in speaking with people behind the scenes, that was always the case. He wasn't going anywhere. He wasn't going to hold out. They knew this was eventually going to get done. Um, But you think, okay, half the time when when teams extend guys, they get salary cap relief. Well, they didn't get anything here. And, And I remember um, you know, texting with some people on Friday trying to figure out, okay, what does his cap hit look like? And it was before he actually signed the deal, so they were still ironing out some of the uh, specifics over the weekend. And I was told his cap hit's probably going to stay around the same. And I was like, okay, then something else has to happen here via a trade or a restructure elsewhere. We're just running out of guys that, unless there's something... You know, someone posed an idea to me this morning on Twitter. It's like, okay, well, what if you draft... Um, I don't know. You draft Jonah Williams or you draft Cody Ford and then you can release Riley Reef. I'm like, good Lord. That is, that's robbing Peter to pay Paul. That just doesn't make any sort of sense where um, you don't want to, you don't want to mess with the offensive line to fix your cap situation right now. That still hits your cap though, correct? Well, I'd have to look at the specifics think, of what that dead money release, I was. Think, I think if you is, release, or you can trade him, or you can trade yeah. him. That's that's fine too. Like it's probably probably a trade would make more Rudolph sense. Rudolph is the e- easiest one because sure. it's nothing. Hmm? He's gone. He's gone. Yeah, it's no more guaranteed money. On that's the what deal. I keep going back to. Is are, are you going to are you going to make this move with a guy that gives you serious cap room? Something, Rudolph does. Something's got to give. Yeah. And the fact that Adam Thielen's deal did not give them anything back in return as far as relief just shows that there's still work to be done. And they're going to be working. I know. And I mean, I thought that that cap hit could have at least come down to about four and a half, five. Mm -hmm. You give them a ton of money up front, and then you're able to, I mean, which you can still do. I know there was kind of the speculation, okay, does the money come after Kirk gets his, essentially? No, you can do it now. It's just a matter of what that cap hit is and how much pressure that puts, um, you know, he doesn't have to make an eight. He doesn't have to have an eight point one million dollar cap hit to still make money, or less. He doesn't have to have less than that to still make money. He could have done it either way, but the the situation that they're in with him now, it's done. They still have work to do, and I think that draft night here. I mean, we don't we haven't had a lot of draft night trades. I mean, correct me. Like I I've been on the beat for two years. We didn't have it either year, but. Um, when, what's the last draft night trade that they were a part of? Well, well like, in terms of like actually yeah, big players. players. Because the the Harrison Smith trade didn't involve a player. They that that was draft picks mm-hmm. that went to Baltimore. Sure, I'm trying to think. They've traded up and down. Yeah, a lot. yeah. I yeah, mean, he's right, great at getting no, extra picks. Manny, do you know? I can't think of like when, a player for yeah, like like trading a, away a player like for a, Trey, a pick, like a Trey Waynes. When's the last time? Uh, when's the last time a guy that we on draft night? Yeah, is, I think Courtney's I right. I can't even think of. I can't even think of a time when they actually did that. I think you're right. Not in recent memory. Yeah. 
So this could be a very interesting draft. And on top of that, you think about, okay, they're at 18 right now. Could we expect to see some movement where they can maybe drop down to the late 20s and still get what they need? Sure. I think there could be a lot of movement on the first night of the draft, for sure. Do do you see a scenario under which they possibly go up at all in the first round and try and get a... I don't be tackle not, higher. They're not going to get uh, Jawan Taylor. That he, I mean, I think he's gone by top ten. Um, I think the Bills isn't that where you, most times he's. They're just getting all right. the offensive linemen. They're picking them up in free agency and they're going to draft him too. You know why? Because um, you need them. You do. You do. Um, <laughs> in my latest draft sim this morning, for whatever reason, it's the first time this has happened, and I know I brought this up in early March once. I saw a mock draft from Todd McShay. Mm-hmm. Um, Ed Oliver was there at eighteen. That's the only scenario I can see them right now going with a defensive player at with their first round pick. I just can't see it other than that. Of course, Zim will be pushing hard the entire time to go with the defensive player. I He'd think, be salivating. I think uh, I think your cornerback story. Um, while I don't think they're going to do that, also can't be dismissed. No, because when you really peel back the layers and look at their depth that they have at the position, it's very thin, very thin, and even. I mean, yeah, they have they got some pickups in the AAF. Congratulations. I mean, those are camp bodies right now. Don't rip the alliance. Come on. <laughs> those poor kids. I, I'm just I'm not trying to pile on to what they already have going no, but on. You're right. But yes, and, and Zimmer's whole philosophy of building depth from that back end is very much a thing. And and if anything to me, Courtney, the last few months have shown his power as far as personnel decisions. Mm-hmm. Like if there was any question about that, you know, the the majority, I think, of teams, the second that Anthony Barr said, I'm gone, say, okay, bye-bye. And when the Anthony Bars of the world come back to him and like, I, I didn't mean it, a lot of teams are like, no, I'm sorry. A lot of teams probably would have already spent that money. Absolutely. That's one of, mm-hmm. I wrote a story uh, last week just kind of detailing everything that went down there, and that was one of his agent's biggest concerns, that he's making this 11th-hour phone call um, that Monday night thinking, please tell me you haven't spent that money on another position. Please tell me that money is still available for Anthony Barr. And we're all saying spend it on the offensive line, yeah, baby. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so that situation doesn't happen that often. But I do think if you take a look at what the moves are this offseason, it's defense heavy. Does that point to them, you know, especially with the AAF pickups and some of the offseason signings that have kind of gone under the radar, does this whole thing now shift to the offense, which – it's kind of that game of whack-a-mole that we talked about. Okay, you can you you address these things in free agency because you're not able to do it in the draft. You address these things in the draft because you're not taking Roger Saffold in free agency, right. that type of thing. So it's always kind of been the either-or argument with me when I'm looking at how this team is going to fill out the 90-man roster um, in 2019. And, you know, I don't think any fan would be upset if – Everything that's happened this offseason, if Anthony Barr, Everson Griffin, um, Josh Klein, those are like the three big signings that they had, that if those make way now where offense is in the forefront, at least several times in the early rounds. TCL Broadcast Studios, more Purple Daily. We wrap things up after this. North Memorial Health has over 400 care providers and more than 6,000 team members that are dedicated to keeping you healthy. North Memorial Health is proud to partner with the Minnesota Vikings as they work to make Minnesota the healthiest in the league. They're more than a team. They're your health family. At North Memorial Health, customers are treated like family. Your health family is more than a tagline. It's a commitment to delivering unmatched customer service. 
That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. It means asking, what else can we do for you? North Memorial Health will treat you like family in a good way. The people at North Memorial Health will team up with you to help you achieve your best health. Step up your health care game. Find your health family at northmemorial.com slash family. You're listening to Purple Daily on Score North. With me, it was bigger than football. Um, you know, um, I I took it upon myself and my family to make the right decisions to stay here. Um, and you know, because I want to be a Viking for life, and and it was it was it was it's rewarding because I know the people here love me, and and they have my best interests um, in mind. And you know, I just want to come back here and finish what I started. Purple Daily, TCL Broadcast Studios, Zolgad, Cronin, Manny Hill. Our twin show comes up next. Everson Griffin there. You just heard it yesterday talking. And, Courtney, you wrote about him mm-hmm. uh, on ESPN.com Viking section today. Uh, your thoughts on where he is at, I, I guess, is the best way to put it after what was obviously um, a very trying 2018 for him. He stood, He was the first player we talked to yesterday. So he stood up there for about 10 or 12 minutes. Um, and just let us know, like, like last season, just because he came back did not mean things were back to normal. Um, so he comes back, he misses five weeks because of concerns over his mental health and just overall well-being. is hospitalized for that after two concerning two instances, two instances that were separate, but concerning and police were involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, he kind of, he goes behind the scenes for weeks three through seven, comes back week eight. And I'm thinking last year, I know Adam Schefter reported it that, there was a school of thought that he may never, he may not come back at all during the 2018 season. And, and Mike Zimmer kind of brushed that to the side. I think he winked. Um, we were in a little scrum and said, we'll see. And then, of oh, course, very, bizarre. very weird thing to do. Um, uh, but it, it turned out to be true. Uh, he came back week eight and he wasn't the same player since. I mean, he, he had five and a half sacks last season. The sack numbers itself don't really tell the full story. I mean, there were games that, you know, he wasn't affecting the quarterback at all. And we're just talking strictly football here. So on the field, he's struggling. Off the field, he's still struggling. Um, And he addressed that yesterday and just was something that I thought was really interesting, just taking the accountability factor of um, I'm handling this on a day-to-day basis. It's up to me to do what he needs to do in order to maintain. Um, Because when we talk about mental health and when we talk about what he went through, it's an uncomfortable thing, I think, for a lot of people to figure out how to verbalize. Um, how do you ask about somebody, you know, are you dealing with depression today? Are you dealing with anxiety? Are you dealing with panic and attacks? I, too, I mean, it's hard. And I, I think, too, in fairness to us, because we don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like, if and you tore up your knee, I don't know all of what's wrong, but I know you tore your knee up, and I know a timetable. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very hard to talk about a person's mental state because sure. you don't really have experience in, in being like, well, you should be back in three weeks, though. Yeah. And, I mean, there's, there's you don't, there, this doesn't show up on the injury report every week. Mental health. I yeah. mean, it'd be really interesting to see what this does. Um, right. This type of situation with Everson Griffin and coming back. Um, and you can't just automatically expect, okay, he's back. Everything's back to normal 2019. This is never going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. This is an ongoing thing that he has talked about at points last season and addressed yesterday head on that he's going to be dealing with for the rest of his life. And I think he's got a really good platform here to be an advocate for this. 
um, going forward. I don't know if he's quite there yet right now. He said, you know, he's back to being himself. Uh, he's laughing. He's smiling. I mean, Daniil Hunter said that he's, you know, in the meeting room, he was different. He was, he wasn't the guy from weeks eight through 17 who was just struggling to get through. I mean, he said he called it a get through. That's what he viewed football as last year. It wasn't fun anymore. It wasn't, you know, what got him up every single day. It was literally something he was just trying to churn through. And I can't even imagine how difficult that must have been. But um, in in terms of this offseason, I mean, he was very, very honest. He's like, I did not play well last off se- last season. If I would have played well, if I was me, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't have had to take a pay cut. And he's right; he wouldn't have. If he had another season like 2017, where he's got 13 or so sacks and makes another Pro Bowl, he's not even in the discussion for that. But that didn't happen, so he did come back on the restructured deal, which you know is a good thing for him. Because I think if you go somewhere else and you want to chase the big dollar signs and you don't perform in year one, you're out. Your career could easily be over sure. after another year. You're 31 years old. You already, you're coming off an up and down year. And I mean, trajectory wise, he looked good those first two games against San Francisco and against Green Bay. He looked really good. I don't know if he would have had the sack numbers that he had in 2017, but I think he would have been close. Mm-hmm. So. This season, now you kind of wonder, okay, what's his role going to become? Because he took a pay cut to come back here. He took about $3 million less, but the restructure is really only for 2019. It voids, his contract voids if he gets, um, it's it's all based on sacks, sacks and playing time. So he can go, I mean, he can, this is a prove-it deal for himself too, that if he can get back to the player he was, then he's got a shot at free agency. So sacks a free, for him. Yeah, sacks okay. for him and playing time. Okay. So. That's a big deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, uh, we, we heard from him first. And, you know, he's, he's a staple of this franchise. He's the oldest player, longest tenured player on this roster, 10 years. Um, they drafted him in 2010. They've stood by his side. He said the Vikings handled his situation perfectly last year, which, I mean, there's a loyalty factor that a lot of these guys have talked about. Adam Thielen in his uh, press conference yesterday mentioning how just, they really have followed suit. I mean, finances are hard but that, and money is but, tight, but they they still keep rewarding guys years ahead of but time. But you're talking about a very, very slippery slope and fine line in football, True. which is it's good it's good to send a message that you're loyal, and I think it's really good to reward players who deserve it at that time. But I sense that Zimmer, and this is, this is not an indictment of, of him as a person. It actually makes him probably a better person. But there does come a point in time where you probably need to say, sorry, but you just can't do it. Well, I think Everson Griffin could have been that situation, too. I'm surprised he wasn't. I, 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 I really thought that he'd be gone. Yeah. And I mean, you would have saved $10.9 million against the cap had and, you done that. Or 10.5. His, his, his salary would have become would have become fully guaranteed that third day. But again. Yeah. Yeah. But there's optics around that. I'm sorry. That's There's optics around that. There's optics around Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, like I said you, yesterday. How much can you care about all of those though? <sighs> like you're running, you're running a bottom line. It's a brutal business mm-hmm. on the field. It's awful off the field. It's awful. Like how much can you, how much can you say to yourself? Well, we can't do this because optics. You got to pick and choose your. In Rudolph's case, I would, if, if I got an offer, I trade him in a heartbeat. Well, right now. Yeah. Like, but I'm saying the optics to me would would be, dude, put you know keep your house here, come back, do all of your community work. It's fantastic, and go play for the Patriots. That article that came out from the Boston Globe made a whole ton of sense. It did. 
It really did. And I'd be afraid if I'm the Vikings that he would go there and be successful. But guess what? If I got to create room, I got to create room. And if you can get a tight end that you think can do what he did and also be really fast and dynamic and um, you know do the things that he didn't, yeah. you might want to hedge your bets on that because I just don't think you're trading Trey Waynes. No, or, I'm with you. Totally. Um, and, and I didn't even think that when that speculation was coming out in... February See, at the I, combine. I didn't I, believe it then. I sort of did then, but now I don't. Holton Hill now to me can't be trusted. I mean, he it's put, the, he, put he put it's, them in a tough situation. Well, and and you know he he got signed, not drafted because of, of his past, mm-hmm. and now he's been you know nipped for PEDs. It's just like if I'm the Vikings, anything I get from you is gravy now. Yeah, I mean, I'm not counting on that's you. That's strike now. number two. Actually, it's strike three because I mean. Well, probably two and a half because you're on thin ice the rest of your time here because of what happened at Texas, what happened. Um, I believe he had a diluted sample. Oh, was did that, he? Oh, was, that, did. was that, was there something, okay, there's something yeah, at the I combine. Didn't. Okay. Um, and I mean, we knew he was going to fall anyways because of what happened at Texas and why he was uh, suspended from the team. Yeah. But um, now that, I mean, it just put them in a tough spot and that's, that position shouldn't have been the issue. But as Sam Monson said on this show last week, They've struck out at the cornerback position. It really hasn't panned out. I mean, right. really, when you look at it, um, just in terms of health, things that you can't control, things that you can control yep. uh, from drafting guys high, like Mackenzie Alexander, took him three years to uh, yep. finally turn on. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they've got to create this room somewhere. Do you want to donate to the salary cap to, to I will alleviate not be doing it? that. Check out Courtney Cronin's stuff at uh, ESPN. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh, cosmic, crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Change your vehicle's oil before your summer road trip and save money now with Pennzoil and O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic for just $22.95 after mail-in rebate. Save money and protect your engine against sludge and wear with the synthetic oil change. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today or O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.